Injured in a car accident? We cap attorney's fees at 30% of the first million. Any recovery above that is all yours. No recovery, no fees or costs. If another lawyer wants more, lawyer up 904. For accidents, injuries, and more, lawyer up 904. Jacksonville. Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. All right, Friday into the night, and no place I'd rather be than the beach and at the bricks where i gotta tell you it is a stellar crowd happy hour ongoing give me one reason why you would not be here we're out on the deck it's still summer in duval what a beautiful night out really not a lot of wind so you know what you see is what you get as far as the temperature low 60s incredibly comfortable Think of all the times that I've done remotes that have been outdoors in the blistering heat. I'm never one who's going to complain about the overall uh, humidity or, you know, when it's too hot. That's why I moved here. That's why I moved here. That's why I saw Boston in the rearview mirror many, many moons ago. To get down here where it's warm, to get down here where everything is uh, fantastic. And the Bricks is where we're at. Thank you to Miller Lite. Come on by, register to win tickets for the game on Sunday. It's a sold-out affair. And, you know, people are complaining about, you know, Cowboys are gobbling up these seats and too many people in Duval are selling them here and selling them there. Well, I got two. I'd like to put an exclusion in that I refuse to give them to Dallas Cowboy fans, but I don't think I'm allowed to do that. Best bet for you, get on over here. Drop your name in the bucket, and uh, again, we'll announce it. You get two tickets for the matchup coming up on Sunday. Also, while you're here, how does $3 Miller Lite draft? How does that sound? Miller Lite drafts, only $3, and that is the case right now. We're going to be here up until 8 o'clock on this Friday night. All right, the best of news is, of course, Jacksonville playing some good football. Really surprised a lot of people last week with their performance, uh, being able to get it done in Tennessee. Here comes Dallas. They really struggled. They were the third team in Week 14 that had to put together a 95-yard-plus drive. For Dallas, it was 98 yards, and it was not a good effort by Dak Prescott. So all of a sudden, they're a little bit concerned around the Metroplex. We're going to head out there in about 15 minutes, get the very latest as far as what is going on with Dallas. And You know, there's a lot of different stories. You know, I'm never one that is um, going to be discouraged if a player does things media-wise. And in this case, Micah Parsons has been very vocal uh, doing podcasts with Vaughn Miller and things along those lines, uh, M- Micah Parsons is a phenomenal football player. I mean, we're talking about a guy with 12 sacks. We're talking about a guy with 25 sacks and 28 career games. He was the rookie of the year defensively in 2021. He has 22 quarterback hits this year. He's got three forced fumbles so far this year. But, you know, he's going back and forth, and he's put some stuff on Twitter that has mentioned the MVP and why he's not being recognized. And, and this past week, 
he said, is it Jalen Hurts or is it the team when talking, obviously, about Philadelphia? Again, I don't want to be redundant. I'm never going to be upset when someone, uh, in fact, makes comments regardless if you support them or not. I I love free speech, and I love it when athletes do talk. He's very transparent here. But if you're a Dallas fan, aren't you just kind of like piped down a little bit? You know, I'm trying to think of a defensive player around here who had a fantastic season. Maybe back in 2017 you could go with Calais Campbell. You know, um, that was certainly a very good year. Uh, Daryl Smith put together some really good years. Tony Bracken's put together some really good years. Uh, Kevin Hardy, among others. But I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking too much about this. But i got to believe it's been a major conversation piece in Dallas that, you know, all of a sudden you're talking about stuff like this. Jerry Jones saying that OBJ is coming. It's just a matter of when. They signed T.Y. Hilton earlier in the week, and then you've got everything that is happening with right tackle where, you know, once again, this football team is going to have to go out and plug in someone new, all right? They, the reports say uh, that it could be Tyron Smith for the first time in 11 years that he will play right tackle. He's been on injured reserve, obviously, since COVID came about. The new rules are in effect where you can put a guy on on IR and pull him back. Jacksonville's done that a couple of times. Most recently, they have done it with Caleb on chase on. But with Terrence Steele out, that could be something to really look at here for Dallas because they're incredibly explosive offensively. I mean, they're third in the NFL. They average 27.7 points a game. This is the complete opposite of one week ago when we talked about Tennessee that was averaging just over 18 points a game. I mean, the thinking a week ago was if Jacksonville can score 20, they're going to win. I totally disagree with that this week. I think you need to score 30 points in order to knock off the Dallas Cowboys. A very good football team. They're also top five in the NFL in red zone scoring efficiency. They don't settle for field goals once they get inside the 20. They find a way to put it in the end zone. Dak Prescott has turned the ball over, including a couple of picks last week. You look at his touchdown to interception ratio, and it's not promising. 14 TDs, nine picks. However, this team is loaded, okay? Tony Pollard, uh, Zeke Elliott, a couple of backs who have an opportunity to go over 1,000 yards this year. Tony Pollard with a big game could do it this weekend. He's only 106 yards away. C.D. Lamb is a couple of receptions away from 1,000 yards. Uh, Dalton Schiltz is a, a very serviceable, better than a serviceable uh, tight end. You look at what they do defensively, and it's pretty incredible as well. And, and one thing that I want you to recognize as a Jaguar fan, you can say what you want about Dallas. And, you know, the Cowboys are a team that everyone has an opinion on, okay? America's team, uh, I don't want to call them the best team that money can buy. Like, you know, we used to say about George Steinberg and the New York Yankees. You need to salute this organization for how they have drafted. Look at all of their players. You know, getting them to sign second contracts, getting them to sign third contracts, that's going to be a big deal for the Dallas Cowboys. To me, that is such a pleasant problem. Just look at all the players that they have drafted and look at how well 
they are playing. All of their superstars have been drafted by Jerry Jones and the Dallas Cowboys. You turn around, you look at this organization, unfortunately you can't make that claim. You just can't. And, you know, some really good ones got away. All right? Uh, Jalen got away. Unique got away. Uh, you know, they traded Miles Jack. Um, others have been just awful draft picks. And, you know, has Jacksonville settled for an average player, yet you overpaid him in Cam Robinson? Well, I've given you my opinion on that several times. Uh, what are they going to do with Josh Allen? Sure, they picked up the fifth-year option that is only there for first-round draft picks. So he's set for 2023. You're going to franchise him in 2024. If you believe he's going to turn the corner, if you believe that, that he's going to be a guy that's going to be a part of this defense for the next several years, you're better off signing him now because the longer you wait, the more expensive it is going to be. Same deal with Jawan Taylor. You know, do you overpay to keep a right tackle uh, here in town? I, my guess is that if I threw a survey out there, that'd be about 50-50. It would probably be the same on Josh Allen. As a matter of fact, I kind of get the sense that it would probably be under 50% when looking at Josh Allen. I'm just using Dallas in a, in a, in a salary cap era. The best way to look at it with signing day on Wednesday, college football, look at my alma mater. They've done a phenomenal job with the transfer portal. That's kind of like free agency. Jacksonville has brought in a lot of free agents. It appears that this year's free agents, for the most part, are working. Last year's free agents? Mm, we'll save that conversation for another day. But Rayshon Jenkins, Roy Robertson-Harris, Shaq Griffin, Marvin Jones uh, Jr. Again, we'll save it. But those are quick fixes. You need to recruit freshmen. Uh, you know, you need to recruit seniors out of high school and make them freshmen. And you need to draft well and build up your football team. That is the way it is going to work if you are going to be successful. They're going to meet for the eighth time here on Sunday. Interestingly enough, this will only be the second time they have ever played in Jacksonville. They did so back in 2006. Jacksonville was a winner on that afternoon by a final of 24-17. to 17. Uh, You know, they've played five of these games in Dallas. And unfortunately uh, for Jacksonville, the last couple of games have not been pleasant. Uh, let me find it for you here real quick. I know I talked about it earlier in the week, but just to remind you, 2018 in Jerry's world, man, it was all Dallas 47. I mean, they just clobbered them. There's only a few guys left from that football team here in Jacksonville who were a part of things there in Dallas. Uh, four years prior to that, they lost in London, which obviously is considered a home game. So they've lost the last two. They've won two out of the last four, winning back in Dallas in 2010. And again, I told you about the matchup here in 2006. Uh, Jacksonville getting it done 24-17. But this will be their... Eighth meeting. They've only met seven times. Jacksonville three up and four down. The point spread continues to hover somewhere in the neighborhood of about four points. Jacksonville, a four-point home dog against Dallas, which comes in here. You know, they've won four in a row. They've won six to seven. 
Uh, Dallas, if they win on Sunday, they're going to the playoffs. I mean, there's really a tremendous amount for them to play for. It's, it's all right in front of them. And what scares me more than anything is the fact that they did not play well a week ago. I, I, I don't like to make as big of a deal about the week prior in pro football the way I do in college football. I, I think a loss in college football can deflate the program. I also think a loss in college football, when you're taking on your opponent, they're not mature enough yet as collegiate football players that they may look at it and listen to their classmates and listen to people say, oh, you're going to kill them, you're going to crush them. You know, and, and I, I believe that those words of wisdom, whatever you want to call it, I, I like to call it garbage, uh, does have an effect on guys who play on Saturday. I don't believe that on a Sunday. For the most part, I don't. They're professionals. They've been through it all. But still, my guess is that, and we're going out to Dallas in 10 minutes, my, my guess is that the folks have lit up the Cowboys this week. The media has lit up the Cowboys this week. You know, right there in, that, in the big state of Texas, uh, they almost got knocked out by Houston. Houston has one victory on the year. Unfortunately, it was right here in Duval. But I got to believe the media has really uh, lambasted Dallas and, you know, what is going on. And the fans are probably like, what is happening with this football team. So, to me, that is uh, not the best scenario for Jacksonville to be in. A- an angry team now coming in after not playing well last week. And, you know, if you look overall at Dallas, they have six giveaways in their last three games. Okay? They, they are a takeaway machine at plus eight on the season. But they have turned the ball over six times in the last three weeks. You know how important turnovers are for Jacksonville. When you turn it over five times, you lose a game with a 14 nothing and an opportunity to go up even more before, before Lawrence's first fumble in Philadelphia compared to what we saw a week ago. You know, you're down 7 nothing. You're down. You, you get to tie it because of the Trayvon Walker strip sack. And then you're down 14-7. But the team bounces back. The offense did their job, but absolutely the defense was enormous in that victory as they were able to force four takeaways. Turnovers are going to be massive in this game coming up on Sunday. Again, I think it's going to take 30 points to win this game. You want to share some thoughts with us? Best way to do so is on the text line. That is 641-1010. You can also get me on Twitter that is Baloo1010XL. All right, opening comments brought to you by Schmunez Vision. They're right out here at the beach. Okay, Schmunez Vision, uh, Dr. Neil Schmunez, we're talking about 37 years uh, worth of experience where he has been right here in Jacksonville. And, you know, here it is. The lights are kind of dim here at the bricks. I can look at my piece of paper here in front of me and no problems at all. Why? Because I go in for normal just eye maintenance is what I like to call it and your eyes are changing all the time your, your prescription with your glasses and your contacts are changing all the time what about a permanent change where you would never have to worry about anything again all right I'm talking about laser eye surgery let's uh, bring in Dr. Catherine Schmunez fellowship trained in cornea cataract surgery all refractive surgery combined that's more than 30 years 
worth of experience. They're a family organization, and they're simply the best. I love them. No doubt they are there for all of your needs when it comes to your eyes. So give them a call, 299-2906, 299-2906, or go to schmunezvision.com. Care, you can see. JJ, did you stick the YouTube on you tonight there back in the studio? No, but we could do that. Let's do it. I know all the ladies love it when they get an opportunity yes. to look at JJ. You, you can rep on this, uh, on this Friday night. How does that sound? Sounds good to me, and I'm sure the ladies will be uh, impressed. Yes, no been doubt. Working out right. a lot lately. <laughs> Let's go to Dallas. Let's get the latest on this Cowboys team as they make the trip in here tomorrow to play the Jaguars Sunday at 1 o'clock. That'll be our first stop. Hey, come on by. The Bricks, $3 Miller Lite drafts. Big party sponsored by Miller Lite. We're outside. Christmas decorations. Everyone's got a smile on. I see some cool Christmas sweaters. I mean, what's there not to love? Jacksonville, Florida, the Bricks, up until 8 o'clock. And I have two tickets, which I'm going to be giving away. Jaguars, Cowboys. you got to come by to register right out here at the Bricks. All right, let's get things cranked up. My name is Rick Ballou. This is Into the Night. No. Another interview on the Farrah and Farrah phone line. Brought to you by the accident attorneys at Farrah and Farrah. Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. All right, we're live from the Bricks. We're outside. We're on the deck overlooking the beach. Beautiful out here. We invite you to come on by. What a party, too. Sponsored by Miller Lite. Thank you to them. $3 $3 Miller Lite drafts, and of course, register to win two tickets for the game Sunday against the Dallas Cowboys, who are going to be here until 8 o'clock. This place is absolutely packed, indoors and outdoors. Come on by again. $3 Miller Lite drafts. All right, let's head to the Metroplex. Let's talk about the Dallas Cowboys. They're red hot. Again, they won six of seven, four straight, and they win. They're in. So a lot on the line for Dallas as they come here for only the second time they'll arrive tomorrow they'll play on sunday their first meeting was back in 2006 and let's bring in the editor of editor-in-chief of blogging the boys he is mr uh dj achoa and he joins us uh, excuse me rj achoa and he joins us on 1010xl 92.5 fm rj how you been I'm doing great. Great to be with you. Not a DJ, not one of the, the skills that I possess, uh, unfortunately, but uh, excited. Uh, you know, it's not every day the Cowboys visit Jacksonville. You mentioned it only one time the Cowboys have ever played in Jacksonville. It's kind of one of those weird, quirky things. Yeah, they tell us that it's a home game in London, but I've been over there seven times, and it takes about eight hours, and you go through customs, and you get a bus ride, and in uh, the middle of, uh, as a matter of fact, played Dallas over there one year. I don't know if you made it, but point I'm trying to make, it's, it's not a home game. It's, it's tough to get there. It's tough to get back. So it's pretty weird to think that in all these years, Dallas has only come here once. Yeah, I mean, um, it really is quite a throwback. You know, you mentioned it was 2006, but, you know, for, for some deeper context, it was Carol Owens' debut with the Cowboys, that, that first game uh, that he played with them. And so, it's been a minute. Um, the, the Jacksonville game in, in London was an important one for Dallas in 2014. That's a, a season that a lot of Cowboys fans hold near and dear to their heart. I don't know if you recall, Tony Romo had missed the game before um, with a back injury. And so uh, that season was kind of on some shaky ground, but he powered through and it was a good time. 
All right, there you have it. A little trip down memory lane as we get ready for this one coming up on Sunday. Dallas a favorite, four-point favorite. It was actually six at one point. You know, I I have a different feeling on this um, when it comes to college and pro. I, I, I think if you lose the week prior in college, you know, the student body and their classmates and everyone can say, oh, you're going to kill them, you're going to crush them. And it, 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 it has some effect on uh, what we used to call amateur football players. I don't buy that in the NFL. However, after what happened against Houston, has there been, you know, some activity this week there, a little bit of backlash about what's going on with you guys? Why did you struggle against only a one-win football team? Yeah, I'd say so. Um, you know, the Cowboys, you know, that's obviously their most recent game, but it was two weeks ago that everybody saw them on Sunday Night Football uh, play the Colts, um, yep. you know, play kind of down to their level. And, and, and that game was really close for three quarters until it wasn't. And even the game before that, Dallas played the New York Giants on Thanksgiving. A billion people watched that game. And that was a little bit close until it was. And it, it really hasn't been since they destroyed the Minnesota Vikings a month ago that they really just right. kind of had their way with an opponent. Um, and so, yeah, I, I do think that people are kind of questioning them and poking holes in them. And, you know, at the end of the day, a win is a win is a win. And so everybody's kind of happy about that. But um, I think for a long time, and I say this with all due respect, everybody's been looking past this game for the Cowboys. Next Saturday on Christmas Eve, Dallas will host Philadelphia. And obviously that's, that's, that's a big rivalry, big matchup all, all the time. But, but given this season and the success that both teams are having, uh, the fact that Dallas lost there without Dak Prescott, that's just kind of been on everyone's mind. And so um, they, they are a little bit guilty in the Mike McCarthy regime of looking past opponents, kind of taking the cheese and, it definitely seems that's what happened a week ago, and a lot of people are letting them have it as a result. Yeah, you know, and, and that makes a lot of sense. Houston's won one game. Jacksonville has really struggled, as you know, for really since 2017 and finally won a week ago in Tennessee for the first time in nine years. They had lost eight straight. What, what about the overall thought of this team, though? I mean, Micah Parsons is arguably the best defensive player in the NFL, you hear a little bit about, you know, him commenting on the MVP and Jalen Hurts. Then Jerry Jones, all his comments on, on OBJ, you know, it feels like it's not a, a matter of, uh, of if, it's more of a matter of, of when. Do those type of things figure into what's happening? And obviously it's not a bad deal. Again, you're one win away from the playoffs, but what about distractions? Is that an effect as well? You know, it's hard to say that the Odell thing hasn't been a distraction. Last Monday was when his visit with the Cowboys, you know, officially began. And he went to the Mavericks-Suns game with Trayvon Diggs and, and the aforementioned Michael Parsons. But, you know, up until that, it had kind of just been all talk. But last week, it really just kind of dominated things. And, and again, you know, the fact that Dallas was playing little brother in state, the Texans, it just, I think, did kind of allow them to, to sit back and overlook a plucky Houston team. Um, as far as everything else, though, I mean, they generally have, have been fairly focused week to week. Um, and a lot of that was, you know, because of the survival mode they were in earlier this season without Dak Prescott. The fact that it was Cooper Rush. I mean, they really kind of had nowhere to turn but inward. And, and they really kind of shined throughout that whole process. And so um, they are, you know, one of the better teams in the NFL. The, the standard, you know, Dallas Cowboys attention has followed them into the month of December. And it's kind of hard not to get wrapped up in that. You know, everybody's celebrating and jumping into the Salvation Army kettle. But um, I, I do think, you know, that they, they woke up a little bit last week. I mean, they, they ultimately did engineer a 98-yard touchdown drive when they had to have it. Um, obviously, it's embarrassing that it got to that point. But 
Um, they, they are a team that is capable of flipping it on like that when they have to. But uh, you mentioned Micah, the, the one bit of solace I would add. He's been the quiet one. The, of all the kind of big players over the last two weeks or so, um, he really hasn't had a moment. You know, he, he had an opportunity the Sunday night they beat the Colts to, to kind of take the lead as far as sacks in the NFL was concerned. And that day, Nick Bosa had three against the Dolphins and not a single one against Matt Ryan. I mean, I would have thought that would have been impossible, but um, he didn't have that big of a game last week against Houston either. So we're kind of waiting for Micah to show back up. Well, Micah Parsons in Dallas, an absolute terror on defense. They're third in scoring, uh, you know, points allowed. They have 48 sacks, which leads the NFL. RJ Ochoa joining us from Dallas, of course, right here in Jacksonville, Sunday at 1. The Jaguars do host the Cowboys. All right, big injury on that offensive line. You lose Terrence Steele. He's gone for the year. You know, I've heard Josh Ball, who we remember him going to Florida State before he went to community college and he went to Marshall. 19 years in the league with Jason Peters, you know, Tyron Smith. Is he coming off of IR and, and playing right tackle for the first time in 11, year, in 11 years? What do you believe is going to happen Sunday, RJ, at right tackle? You know, earlier this week, I thought the Cowboys would, would kind of try their luck with Josh Ball and, and see if they could make it work the way they did with Terrence Steele. I mean, he was an undrafted free agent two years ago, and now, you know, he's a solid enough player that losing him for the rest of the season is a huge bummer. But um, you know, people say, well, just plug Jason Peters in there. And the reality is, I mean, he's 40 years old. Difficult to imagine him playing four more regular season games and what you hope are four or three playoff games. And so, um, Tyron, you know, it, it's been so exciting to think about him finally coming back and making his debut. And, and yeah, you know, you know, in our post game show and things like that, we kind of talked about, well, do you, do you kick Tyron out to the right side? But it's, it's one of those things that is a literal option, but it just seems so impossible and implausible. And so, Yesterday, last night, kind of was the first time that the reports started to emerge that the Cowboys were not only legitimately considering this, but probably going to go that direction. And the reason for that is, I mean, it, it keeps your worst offensive lineman off the field than Josh Ball. I mean, that was, the Cowboys have never drafted him for a number of reasons, and obviously he hasn't turned out to be a great player. Um, it, it is a, a weird idea. You're right. Tyron has not played right tackle since his rookie year of 2011. Um, and again, not to overlook the Jaguars, but the Cowboys are going to need that Eagles game next Saturday. And so if you're going to experiment, now is the time. If there is any weakness in, with Dallas, it, it, you know, it's got to be their run defense. What, 9 of 13 games? Teams have gone north of 100, including Houston, a week ago. I mean, their pass defense is second. Their scoring defense is third. Your third down defensive conversion rate is just off the chart at, at just over 34%. But they do give up some yards on the ground. So what, what's your guess here with Dan Quinn and what they try to do defensively to contain a Jaguars team, which, you know, obviously you don't know what they're going to do. Last week they couldn't run at all in Tennessee. It was all Trevor Lawrence and passing the football. You agree that if Jax has a shot here, they're going to have to get the ground game going? I think so, but obviously Trevor Lawrence is really starting to come into his own and, and, and sort of show the elite you know, potential and talent that we all knew was there that, that just took some time to develop. And so I don't know that this is the, the time that you want to sell out against the run um, and, and dare Trevor Lawrence to beat you, but that is a, an area where the Cowboys have been susceptible. You know, they, uh, they famously did not make a trade at the trade deadline, but they did a week before trade for Jonathan Hankins. And that's a sneaky injury that they're dealing with. Yeah. Um, they traded for him to help shore up their – their run defense, and, and he was hurt. He's been placed on injured reserve a week ago, um, and so now the Cowboys are a little bit weaker there. And so Travis Etienne is obviously, I mean, you know, I think all the Trevor Lawrence hype has, has allowed, you know, Etienne to kind of fly a little bit under the radar. 
Um, it's, it's a talented team. It's a talented rushing attack. I mean, Trevor Lawrence can, can move a little bit too. And so um, I, I think the Cowboys, it, it, it's a chalk, you know, fence riding sort of answer, but they have to play a really solid overall team defense because this Jaguars offense can kill you in a number of different ways. And, you know, what, what terrifies me is this Jaguars head coach is, is Doug Peterson and, and somebody who, who I admire in terms of his aggression and, and aggressive nature overall. And, and he, he had a lot of success with that against the Cowboys when he was the head coach of the Eagles. So it does feel like kind of a perfect storm of variables that could work against Dallas this particular week. Final thought with RJ Ochoa. He is joining us, uh, blogging the boys. He is the editor in chief joining us from dallas i'm rick blue live from the bricks come on by what a great party man i'm with all these christmas sweaters and uh, i gotta say right now it's probably 80 20 in favor of females uh as far as the ratio here over male uh, over males and that's that's always a good thing um all right let's, let's wrap with this rj it's it's a takeaway machine plus eight uh is dallas i look at their point differential it's scary it's more than 10 all these numbers are, are just phenomenal for Cowboy fans. I think, again, outside of running the ball, the fact that Dallas has turned the ball over six times in the last three weeks, I believe that's the only way Jacksonville finds their way to victory on Sunday. Uh, your thoughts on them turning the ball over, is that just something that has been slightly freakish and you think they'll be able to get back to the ways that things have been you know, earlier this season? You know, we keep telling ourselves that, that it is, you know, an outlier, that this isn't Dak Prescott, because it hasn't been, you know, for his whole career, to be fair. Uh, but since he's returned, I mean, you know, you, you can argue, you can debate when the Cowboys lost in Green Bay, he had two interceptions. And, and you can argue who the true culprit is for those, whether it's him or, or his intended targets. I mean, you know, a week ago he had two, and you can argue he was, you know, Josh Ball kind of collapsed on the second one that almost lost the game for them. But at the end of the day, Dak Prescott, you know, in my assessment at least, is, is playing more aggressively than, than he has to this point in his career. And that's a good thing, I mean, in my opinion. But that does come at a cost. That does come uh, with a potential con of turning the ball over. And Houston, I mean, they were able to score off of turnovers. And I, I certainly believe that Jacksonville is capable of that. So, at this point, it's hard to, to say or, or feel confident that that's not going to happen, that Dak isn't going to give the Jaguars a short field to work with at one point or another, and, and that's what swings games. I mean, you know, the Cowboys turned the ball over last week, you know, down by three points, um, and, and saw the Texans return it to their four-yard line. You really kind of thought it was over until they had this heroic goal line stop. I just don't – I think the Jaguars are miles and miles better than the Texans, and, and they, they won't falter where the Texans did, and so – if you get that team, it's really hard to see the Jaguars not coming away with a win and, and staying alive in the AFC South. All right, I thought it would take 20 to win a week ago in Tennessee. I, I think it'll take at least 30 to win here on Sunday. Uh, your opinion there, and uh, who do you like? I think that's fair. Um, you know, for their warts and their flaws, the Cowboys offense has been insanely productive since Dak Prescott returned. Um, so there, there is going to need to be some points scored. I, you know, like I said, the Cowboys generally do respond well under Mike McCarthy when they've been a little bit embarrassed. Um, you know, that happened a few times last year. I don't know if you recall, there was a big story. Mike McCarthy showed the team um, some monkey butt, kind of a gold bond, baby powder, uh, you know, material after they got, you know, destroyed by the Broncos. And they came out and blanked the Falcons. So I really could see the Cowboys just coming out and, and firing on all cylinders and, and heading strong into that Eagles week. Um, they're not the kind of team that, that gets down and stays down. Um, I, I think they do smell blood in the water, and, and I don't know what, what Walker's status is going to be, obviously. But I, I trust Dak Prescott. I trust Mike McCarthy. I think the Cowboys win. You know, I, I think they probably cover. Maybe it's a late cover. 
Uh, maybe it's closer than that ultimately looks, but but I think the Cowboys get their 11th win of the season, and, and I still really hope the Jaguars find a way to win the division. I'm a big fan. Make sure you check out Blogging the Boys. You can get it on Twitter. Uh, some great stuff on there that I've read all week uh, in preparation for this matchup on Sunday. The Editor-in-Chief. What a cool title. That is R.J. Ochoa. Really appreciate your time. Thank you so much, and uh, hopefully we'll do it again soon. Thanks a lot. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas, and enjoy the game. There he goes, R.J. Ochoa. Really good website. Enjoy that. I mean, obviously, when you're in a top-five market, or what are they, six, seven, Dallas? They're a top-ten market. They are five. Okay, I think you have two in the state of Texas, Houston and uh, in Dallas. What is it? I, I know it goes New York, L.A., Chicago. And then is it Philly? San Francisco is four. San, San Francisco Because it's San Francisco and Oakland. Right, the Bay Area. And then Dallas and Houston. And then Jacksonville. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, there you have But the point I'm trying to make is, you know, the Cowboys have been around forever. Cowboys are the third most successful team in the history of the NFL if you look at playoff victories. Okay, both New England and Pittsburgh have 36 career playoff victories. Dallas has 35, San Francisco 34. Um, Jacksonville, you ask? Seven. They're tied with the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> They're ahead of Arizona. They're ahead of Houston. They're ahead of Detroit. Okay? Um, but there's tons of media there. There's a large fan base there. And, you know, so they have different entities, and, and some are better than others. I, I thought that was clearly the best. Uh, obviously, like everyone does who hosts a radio show, they spend all week um, reading about the opponent, all right, and, and, and what to uh, expect and what not to expect. This is a better team. Dallas is a better team. No matter which way you break it down, no matter which way you look at it, they're a better team. So in the NFL, that at times doesn't matter. We, 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 I mean, is San Francisco that much better than Tampa? What we saw a week ago, uh, last week Houston nearly knocked off Dallas. So, you know, for me it's about being able to pass when they think you're going to run. Run when they think you're going to be able to pass. And, you know, the arrow is pointing up. And it's just phenomenal right now for Trevor Lawrence. He is playing phenomenal football. And something else about Trevor that I love, RJ, you know, RJ Ochoa. Now let's bring in our friend JJ, the incomparable JJ LaSalva. Do you remember our, our our conversations? You know, back early in the year about the lack of the fire in the belly uh, of 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 Trevor Lawrence. And you know, I was watching. Thursday night's game last night, I, I'll admit I didn't have volume on it because Al Michaels and Dr. Herbie drive me crazy. I was watching uh, Bruins hockey as they blew a game against the Los Angeles Kings. But Fitzpatrick does the halftime show. Remember, he's the one who said Trevor Lawrence needs more alpha in him. You're not hearing that anymore. No, not from us and not from Fitzpatrick because that's exactly what we've seen from him. I don't know if, like, he heard the media talking like that and decided to change how he acts or he just got tired of losing. I think that's probably what it is when you listen to his comments after the London game. 
I think he was just tired of it. And this is this is probably the lowest of his career at any point anywhere. And um, he's got some fire under him now. I like it. I, I love it. I love that he acknowledged it. I mean, just brilliant. Uh, it, it, to, to me, that means everything. You know, in January 2nd will be my 30th year officially in this. And I can't tell you how many times I've been, oh, I don't read the papers. Oh, I don't know. I don't listen to talk radio. I don't know what they're saying. And then they're the same people. If they win a championship, we'll turn around and say, they never believed in us. They've been saying all that we can't do this and we can't do that. It's a total contradiction, which is fine. But there's only a few times where you get complete honesty. And, and Trevor's aware of it. Before I head to the break, let me be perfectly clear about this. I think Dallas wins, and I'm going to pick Dallas, okay? If Jacksonville wins, they have got to overpower them offensively and on defense. They have to get takeaways. However, if Jacksonville does win, can you imagine what it's going to be like around here? Allow yourself that for five minutes. Do it. Think about what it will be like here in town, heading to the holidays, if Jacksonville can knock off Dallas, because I'm totally convinced that Tennessee is going to get punched in the mouth by Los Angeles. Think of what it will be like, and for Trevor Lawrence, he is going to, there's no way you knock off Dallas without Trevor Lawrence continuing what he's done in his last five games. If he has that type of game and they beat Dallas, what a win it would be for Trevor Lawrence. But what an amazing win it would be for this city and this fan base. A week from uh, last night, you go to New Jersey, then you go to Houston, and then the opportunity to rematch with Tennessee, perhaps with the playoffs on the line. That is, to me, what it's all about. And uh, for you Jag fans, man, there's nothing more that I would like. And, and again, don't freak if you don't win, because as long as L.A. does beat Tennessee, if you win your next three games, I think Tennessee is free-falling. I do. I, I, and it's tough. I think it's going to be hard for them to win another football game. All right, we got much more to do. The Philly Rooster is going to join us live from Las Vegas at 7 o'clock. we got to check the money on tomorrow's matchup between the Gators and the Beavers. we got to do that. We got to look at the Jaguars, obviously, here against Dallas. We got to look at a couple of other games as well. I want to spend some time on tomorrow night's game. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it is nasty. It is going to be absolutely uh, bitter cold in Buffalo as they host the Dolphins. And, and let's get his opinion as well on the game that I mentioned twice there that is Tennessee traveling to Los Angeles to take on the Chargers. we got much more to do. Come on by, say hello. We are at Mr. No, we are not. We are at the Bricks, and we're having a great time. Thank you to Miller Lite. Two for one, uh, or make that sign up. Uh, we have an opportunity for you to sign up for our grand prize with Rockville, okay? That registration is here, and I've seen that card. You've got Tool. You've got Slipknot. You've got... Sully, who's 5'2", with Godsmack. I could dunk on Sully. You've got Pantera. You've got Avenged um, Sevenfold. I mean, it's just a, it's a big-time billing over four days. You can register for that. And, of course, you can register to win tickets for the game Sunday. We're going to announce that at the end of the show. 
Jacksonville, and Dallas. Much more to do. My name is Rick Ballou. We'll be with you tonight till 8. Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. You know, I like to give more than receive, but I just got a nice present here uh, that was given to me from Hector over at SMT. It's a Game 3 Stanley Cup official puck. The Boston Bruins and the St. Louis Blues. Game 3, Boston won that game. Of course, St. Louis came back in... um, well, for those of you who remember the greatest goal ever scored, Bobby Orr, game four, overtime, Orr feeds Sanderson to Orr, goal, Bobby Orr, goal, Bobby Orr. That happened on May 10th, 1970. The Blues finally paid back Boston in 2019. They won on Boston's ice. But this is very, very, very cool puck. And... I actually played golf at Fleming Island last week. Right in front of us was a guy who was on that 1967 St. Louis Cardinals baseball team. And I can't remember his name. He was a utility player. He actually played on like nine teams in eight years. And he played in every single, he played for every single team in the National League Central. uh, Which back then, you know, was, there were two divisions, not 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 uh, the way it is now in Major League Baseball. Let me see if I can dig up that name. Is it Phil Galliano? Nope. Is it Bob Tolan? Alex nope. Johnson? Ed Spezio? Dave Ricketts? Nope. Eddie Brassode? Nope. John Romano? Ted Savage? Stephen Hunt? Ted Savage. Ted Savage. Ted Savage. He, he played from like... Uh, 1962 to 1971. Right. He played he, for... St. Louis, Chicago, Milwaukee, the Royals, Pittsburgh, Philly, Dodgers, and Cincy. Yeah, you're right. Oh, wow. Well, Everywhere it was a funny around st- the Midwest, basically. It, it, it's a funny story because you know, I when I play weekend golf, I, I I drink a ton, so I don't drive. So my girlfriend drops me off at the bag drop at at at, at Fleming Island, which from where we live is a good 35, 40 minute drive. No big deal. So she drops me off, and it looks like this guy's, you know, he's up there in age. It looks like he's struggling a little he's bit. He's 85. Like, yeah. He, he, so he's my dad's age, but he looks like he's, um, he's cold, and, and um, you know, it's not going to be the most enjoyable thing ever for him. But, but he's really, really nice guy. He's like, hey, how you doing? I'm, like, I'm doing great. He's like, you live here? I'm like, yeah, but, you know, I'm from Boston, but I lived there forever. He's like, Boston? I'm from St. Louis. I go, oh, yeah. I go, they've had some good battles in hockey and baseball. He goes, I was on that 67 Cardinals team. But the best part of it is before he got to that, he's like, yeah, I forgot my money in St. Louis. And I'm like, is this guy, like, homeless? Is he going to hit me up at the bag drop? I, I, like, I've never been approached at a bag drop before, you know, for a handout. I mean, every stop sign in Around the world now, you get that, oh and I God. understand it. But I'm like, at a bag drop? So you that thought his hustle was like, hey, I don't have money on me, but if you front me money, I'll get it to you. Well, no, yeah, but he's <laughs> like, yeah. He goes, I left my money in St. Louis. He's like, my son-in-law is going to have to pay. <laughs> and, but he ended up being just a, a, a fantastic guy. Uh, but I wasn't aware of his, um, 
of his name. But anyway, yeah. Ted Savage. Career mm -hmm. 233 hitter. Yep. And uh, he's now my favorite member of the 1967 St. Louis Cardinals. Because the Cardinals beat the Red Sox in the 46 World Series when Johnny Pesky held on to the baseball with Red Shingdings and all of those great players, uh, including Stan Musial. And then they beat him in one of the great World Series of all time when they pitched Bob Gibson on, on, on I think it was three days rest, and, and Gibson and Tim McCarver and Lou Brock and those great players beat Jim Lomborg in the Impossible Dream Red Sox in seven games in 1967. So St. Louis owned them there, then, but Boston got them in hockey, and then finally St. Louis, of course, the Patriots got the Rams in the Super Bowl uh, in 2001, but... So, you know, kind of an interesting rivalry between those two uh, particular cities, if you will. What was the blues song? It was so damn annoying. I forget. Uh -huh. Wasn't it? Uh, was it? It's a lady's lover name. Boy? Was it a lover boy thing? Or, or Jesse? Was it Jesse? Uh, you know, I'll have to look it up. It, it, it was really a really bad song, but we need to find out who that was again because... It didn't go over too well. You know, I will tell you this. I went to several Cubs-Cardinals games at Wrigley. You're not going to get better fan bases than mm. those two. You know, I, you know, you see fights in the stands all the time. I'm sure, you know, all it takes is a couple of knuckleheads to ruin it for everyone. But you don't see a lot of viciousness outside of Bartman touching the ball <laughs> at, at, at Wrigley. You, you don't. They're, they're, you lived in Chicago, Tommy Champion. You, you, aren't they some of the nicest human beings out there in the Midwest? Yeah. I did have a, an incident where we bought some tickets to a Cubs game. Yeah. From a guy named Foots. Footsie. Yeah. And he said, these <laughs> are right behind the third base line. <laughs> and I think they were... I don't know if it was 50 bucks, 75, 100 bucks, you know, but there were supposed to be some of the best seats. So we bought them. Actually, I didn't buy them. The guy I went with bought them. We get to Wrigley. This is in early June one, one year. I'm not kidding. We're sitting on the top row. Of, of we, the stadium. We could not go a seat higher. <laughs> All right, well, yeah. in third base, though. No, it was behind home plate. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The worst seats pretty much in the house. <laughs> yeah, and those scalpers are great because they used to huddle up right when you get off the subway. And They'd then the, all be right there. The guy we sat next to, he said, no. did you buy those from a scalper? We said, yeah. He said, I'm not going to tell you how much he paid for them. $8. <laughs> no. Oh, I mean, it, it is. Uh, Foots. Foots. <laughs> Foots will take care of you, he said. Yeah, when I was at um, at the Sporting News, what our, our attorney – there were many season ticket holders. You know, first several times I went, I was in the bleachers. And cold. You know, yeah. op opening day, whatever, in April. Just brutal. Heck, in June it was freezing up there in the top row. Oh, my <laughs> God. But I, I remember uh, uh, when the Red Sox came in, my dad came in and we went. We had great seats. And then my brother was in once when it was Cubs-Yankees. And Clemens beat Kerry Wood 2-0. It was a Jason Giambi two-run homer. It was one of the fastest baseball games. I mean, the game lasted like two hours. It was just first pitch strikes by Clemens and Wood. And anyway, Wrigley is phenomenal. But I, I will say that. Listen, when you come from where I come from, 
people are mean. People are angry. When I got to Florida State and, and saw what it was like in Tallahassee, I couldn't believe how nice the people are. And I believe that, you know, the people here in Duval are, are really nice people. But the Midwest, got to tell you, man, Chicago, that's, that's, that's different. At least it was in my opinion the seven years I spent there. All right, let's get ready for our number two right here with Rick Ballou. We'll go to Los Angeles. Was that Mike Hollis who just walked by? I believe it was. Wow, maybe legend. I'll to, maybe I'll have to hog tie him and get him over here in a little bit. But first things first, it's about the people and it's about the cash. That's why we bring in the Philly Rooster. He will join us next live from Las Vegas. No. Another interview on the Farrah and Farrah phone line brought to you by the accident attorneys at Farrah and Farrah. Into the night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Uh, here it is. That's a pansy-ass song that St. Louis sang when they won the Stanley Cup. Knocked off my Bruins. I am in possession right now of a Game 3 official puck from that Stanley Cup final that was just given to me by, uh, by Hector. So thank you. I will put this in my bar. Uh, even though Boston ended up losing on home ice in Game 7. Hey, we're live from the Bricks. What a party. Are you kidding? I mean, this party is incredible uh, right now, both indoors, outdoors. We're out on the deck having a phenomenal time. Uh, right now we have $3 Miller Lite drafts. Also, you can register to win tickets for the game on Sunday. It's sold out. Dallas in town taking on the Jaguars. I have two tickets, compliments of Miller Lite. So come on by, register. Also, you can register for our big drawing, which will be later. It will actually happen in 2023 for Rockville. Some big bands coming in uh, this summer down the road in Daytona. All right, let's go to Vegas. Let's bring in our good friend. He is the Philly Rooster, and he goes into the night with Rick Ballou. Philly Rooster, how you been? Rick, not bad. How you been, my friend? Man, I'm, I'm, I'm doing really good. It's, uh, it's an incredible time of year. There's so much happening. Uh, you know, I, I'm going to ask you about one bowl game. I'm, I'm going to get into tomorrow's game with the Gators and the, and the Beavers, but what are your overall thoughts on on the bowls now with, you know, the transfer portal, kids opting out. It, it doesn't feel like it, uh, it used to be. Now, is there an opposite side? Is there, is there a lot of money to be made here, maybe some disguised money to be made here, or do you instead use discipline and say, uh-uh, I'm going to leave that game alone? Uh, it's a little of both. If you can get the information, uh, uh, you know, information is so fast nowadays. I, I I used to get information on a Wednesday about a quarterback in in college football back in the '90s, and wait till Saturday to bet it. Now, if 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 a quarterback stubs his toe on Tuesday at midnight at a bar, it's on Twitter at 12:01, and the advantage is lost. But uh, as an example of that, today, funny you ask, uh, Alabama came out and said everybody's playing. So, boom, I laid three and three and a half on that game, and it's up to six. So, yes, to answer your question, it's both. You know, I'll walk away from games if I think they don't care about it, but if you can get the information fast, you know, there's great middle opportunities. All right, makes a lot of sense. Because, you know, the 
the theme here for Florida is is really the season is over. But if you, you know, Richardson's not going to play. Uh, you know, they have a first round guard and uh, and Cyrus who's not going to play. Uh, Osiris Torrance who's not going to be able to give it a go. It's it's a large number. Do you have a feeling on this game coming up tomorrow? out there in Vegas between the Gators and the Beavers. Yeah, well, it's funny, this game, because, uh, you know, I, I I studied it, knew you were going to ask about this game earlier today. I had a big, big move I was going to give you on it that I liked a lot. This game opened seven, and as you said, the information came out, went up to as high as ten and a half. Uh, the total went from 56 and a half all the way down to 52 and a half. Uh, the money's interesting. It's about 50-50 in bets. And about 55% of the money's on Florida or on um, uh, Oregon State. But today, a ton of sharp money came in on Florida. This game is down to eight and a half at a lot of casinos out here. Uh, my plan was to give your listeners Florida plus ten and a half is my move. But at eight and a half, I, there's just no more value left there. There's a, there must be a lot of sharp betters that have a lot of faith in Jack Miller, who comes out of Ohio State. Uh, Florida plus 10.5 for me is a big bet. 8.5, it's a no bet. Okay. Uh, the under seems to be a popular play here in town. Any thoughts on the total in this game? Again, it opened 56.5 when the information came out. There's two ways you can use information like that. You know there's they're going to have to run the ball more because they have to change their offense. So, the under is a big hit. Now, 56-and-a-half, um, not a key number. 57 is the key number. But you can't go through 54 in college or pro. So, at 52-and-a-half, I lean over, uh, but probably not going to bet it. I'm just going to stick with my Florida plus 10-and-a-half here. All right, Philly Rooster, uh, there you have it. He got it at 10-and-a-half. Folks in town, maybe you can get it at 10, 10-and-a-half. We'll see. Uh, some books have it down to 8-and-a-half right now. Uh, of course, Florida. It just went to eight at the Stardust. It, it so did. Still taking money. Yeah. Wow, 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 wow. So that's uh, quite a movement there. Two and a half points, um, you know, today. Uh, th- th- that That's huge. Um, all right, you know, here we go. And we have to bring up the weather, no doubt about it. That That's going to be how great it is it that we get three NFL games on Saturday. Uh, but certainly Buffalo now playing host to Miami, we heard about Miami needing bench, warm benches and 50-degree temperature. Man, they're in for a rude awakening uh, coming up on uh, Saturday night. Yeah, Buffalo is a different kind of cold. I mean, uh, all these players, they're tough kids. Um, you know, they're saying Tua is not used to cold weather. He's played in cold weather. Uh, it's definitely a factor. I don't think it's as big of a factor as they're making it. Uh, you know, you get out there, your adrenaline's pumping, you're playing the game. Uh, that kind of evens out when you get to the field. This game opened seven and a half, forty-five and a half. It's sitting seven, forty-four and a half. Sixty-nine percent of the bets are on Buffalo, and here's the interesting part: thirty-four percent of the money is on Buffalo. So, sixty-six percent of the money's on Miami. I'm going with the sharp side here: Miami plus the seven. Um, when more, when that much more money versus the bet count is on a side, you know it's the sharp big money. All right, sharp big money on Miami. So you're going to take the Dolphins and you have it at plus seven. Dolphins plus seven. Yeah, I mean, 
I'm hoping for a seven and a half to pop up. I don't think it's going to move much from where it is. But yeah, Miami plus seven. All right, Philly Rooster, give us the latest there as far as the uh, the website, your your Twitter handle as well, so our listeners can get a hold of you. At Philly Rooster, uh, we do the Rooster Hotline. It's been on fire. Um, PhillyGodfather.com for premium selections. We hit uh, college football this year over 60% winners and uh, won our followers a ton of money, so come join the club. Let's stay in the NFL. A couple of Sunday plays, uh, three teams from the AFC South. The one out of uh, division matchup in the AFC South is Tennessee taking that trip to Los Angeles. We did watch L.A. play Miami a week ago and saw Jacksonville pound Tennessee finally on the road there in Nashville for the first time in nine years. What do you make of Tennessee right now in, in the long trip to, uh, to Los Angeles? Well, they were really beat up uh, last week, and they still have considerable amount of injuries. Uh, Derrick Henry does not look like the same player. This game opened one and a half with the way the Chargers played last week. It jumped up to three. Um, the total didn't move much, open 46 and a half. There's some 47s, but not real, any real movement. Uh, the bets are 50-50, and 87% of the money is on Tennessee. Um, so that tells you there's definitely some sharp money on Tennessee. I am taking the three points here, Tennessee plus the three big. I think the Chargers kind of come down to earth a little bit. Tennessee got a little healthier. I like the dog here. You know, that is a major surprise to me. What what are they seeing that I'm not? Because, you know, their their leader, Danico Autry, who leads the team in sacks, uh, he's out. Amari Hooker, very talented safety. He's out. The rookie, Traylon Burks, a wide receiver. He's out. The best corner, Christian Fulton. He's out. Um, two other wide receivers, including C.J. Board, is out. It's just a massive amount of injuries. Now, listen, I do understand that Boza and, and um, Derwin James, we'll have to see about James, but it looks like he may not be able to play. So I guess this is the scenario where both teams are injured. Yeah, they're both beat up. Um, the the Chargers, you know, they played their real good games and they played their real bad games. Uh, but when you go to a, a, a three count in the NFL, it's absolutely huge, especially when there's very little. You know, I rank all the NFL teams in terms of uh, home field advantage. The Chargers are right near the bottom. So they are not a three-point home field advantage team. Uh, Tennessee travels pretty well. I, this is a numbers play. Um, if this game stayed one and a half, two, you wouldn't see this kind of action. But at plus three, I think it's a gift. Wow, eighty-seven percent of the money. So the wise guy money on Tennessee plus the three. All right, let's wrap it up right here for the first time since two thousand and six. Dallas comes to Jacksonville. The money's moved here. It opened. I saw a six. I see now around four. So there has been money on Jacksonville. What do you? What do you see here, Philly Rooster, with the Jaguars and the Cowboys? Yeah, like you said, this game opened six forty-five and a half. Uh, Jags took a lot of money. It's sitting four and a half and forty-eight. Uh, the total went up all the way up to forty-eight. Forty-seven is the key number in that neighborhood. Fifty-eight percent of the bet tickets are on the Jags, and you sitting down. Eighty-eight yes. percent of the money is on the Jags. Uh, what? This is big time. The the sharp money and the public are both on the Jags here, which really surprises me when you're talking about a Cowboys team. Um, 
I like the Jags, but I'm staying away from that money count. I'm going to give your uh, listeners under 48 in this game. I think this game stays way under that total. All right. I, uh, Dallas is such a huge team as far as popularity. 88% of the money is on the Jacksonville Jaguars. I understand the sharp money, but the public is betting on Jacksonville as well. I I double-checked that number twice. It's it's very surprising to me. Dallas yeah. usually takes, a, you know, Texas, there's a ton of money. Now, game day, you're going to see that number come a lot closer to 50-50. But even this time of the week, when you look at that kind of bet spread, people look at at Trevor Lawrence the last three weeks, the way he's been playing, 10 touchdowns, two interceptions, um, you know, just playing really well. Doug Peterson's got this team playing better. And they have a lot of faith in the Jags here at home, which I did when I saw this line as well. You know, they're saying the Cowboys are seven and a half points better on a neutral field, but um, I'm going to stay away from the side. That scares me. I'm going to go under 48, like I said. All right. There you have it. The Philly Rooster likes the under. Wait, you say 48 or 48 and a half? 48. 48 under the total here on Sunday. All right, Philly Rooster, once again, please give us your information, and uh, we appreciate it as always. At Philly Rooster uh, on Twitter. Follow the Rooster Hotline. They're free. And the phillygodfather.com. We, you know. They did Netflix specials about us, so come get the real games. They sure did. Hey, best of luck with all your plays, Philly Rooster. Thanks, Rick. Talk to you next week. There he goes, Philly Rooster. Wow, man, I I can't get over that. 88% of the money on Jacksonville. You know, we had um, RJ Ochoa on an hour ago, and I really get the feeling that there's not a soul alive in Dallas that is picking Jacksonville, okay? And, and that's normal for, for, for the media in a city. Um, you know, we, we talk about that quite often on a week-to-week basis when, when we're dealing with the Jaguars. Obviously, Jacksonville has been a little bit of an, an exception to the rule the last few years because they've been losing a ton of games. Uh, but typically, if you're around even, that, that's just – because you know so much about the team that you cover. I think you're prone to pick that team. Um, but interestingly enough, man, wow, 88% there on Jacksonville. All right. Uh, he added it four and a half. I see fours. I, I do. I see fours here. So depending on where you shop, and obviously in the case of Jacksonville, four and a half is better. The, you may have gotten it early in the week at six if you play Jacksonville. All right, Mike Hollis is here. You can come on by, say hello, uh, former Jaguars kicker. Uh, we're going to get an opportunity to talk with him about the Jags and the Cowboys and as well, J.J. and I, we have got to make our picks. Uh, we do that each and every week. As a matter of fact, let me give you a couple. Last night I had Seattle uh, plus the three. That didn't work out. So in the whole bet against Baloo uh, scenario, which is uh, – Really taking Jacksonville by storm. Uh, I got off to a 1-0 and zero start last night. I didn't have a good week last week, though, J.J. I won five and I lost eight. Again, there were only 13 games in week 14. There were, there were three, you know, there were six teams or, or three games 
um, that were not played because those teams were on buys. So $1,000 increments, I lost eight games. That's plus the $100 juice. That's 1100 times eight. I lost $8,800. I won back five grand, so I lost 3800 So far in the year, I'm 114.88-7. If you were to play all of my picks and bet against my picks, right now for the season, you would be up $17,200. So last week you had a good job of picking the correct picks. I did. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the, the teams that I picked, eight of them won. Of course, when I pick, I bet against my pick. Only five of those picks came in, so I ended up losing. If you hopped on for the first time last week, you would have lost $3,800. Okay, but if you've been with me since the beginning of the year, you would be up $17,200. The true fans of the show. They know. Yes, I mean the diehards. They're buying extra Christmas presents. Oh, they're they're here right now buying $3 Miller Lite drafts. Uh, Let me give you Saturday's games. Vikings-Colts. I'm going to take Minnesota minus the four at home. Baltimore. I mean, Lamar Jackson is not playing in this football game. Uh, The Browns. Can I go with Deshaun Watson at home? Hell no. Give me Baltimore on the road. Miami at Buffalo. I'm going to go against the Philly Rooster here. I'm going to take the Bills, and, and, and I hate the number, too, because it's a number that, frankly, you shouldn't play. It's seven and a half. You're a fool to play seven and a half. Play seven. Play six and a half. You never play seven and a half. Um, but in this case, I'm going to do it anyway. E- just because I feel like it. Eagles minus nine at Chicago. I'm going to take Chicago plus the nine. You going to give me nine points? I'm going to take it. Atlanta goes to New Orleans minus four. Desmond Ritter, right? No, I'll take Andy Dalton at home. Detroit minus a point and a half. You see Zach White uh, or Zach Wilson's back in. Mike White not cleared the play. I kind of want that, and I would like to see him play well. So next Thursday night we get the, the Zach Wilson matchup in the rematch against Trevor Lawrence. Pittsburgh goes into Carolina. I think Pittsburgh's had it. You know, it appears that um, Kenny Pickett's not going to play. Miles Jack has got a growing. It looks like he's not going to play. Uh, Carolina is working their third quarterback of the year. I think they're going to win at home. On a uh, side note, LaVisca Chenault is listed as questionable. He, I believe he's got a shoulder, so we'll see if he's going to be able to play. Kansas City minus 14 at Houston. I, I don't care who it is. I can't lay 14 points. I cannot do it. I will take Houston plus the 14. Arizona goes to Denver. Uh, this is going to be a Colt McCoy, Brett Rippian game. <laughs> Imagine spending all that money early in the year expecting Russell Wilson against Kyla Murray. Uh uh-uh. uh. You're going to get Colt McCoy, Brett Rippian. I, I think Denver holds serve at home. New England goes to Las Vegas. I'm going to take New England plus the one. You know how Bill Belichick, it's not quite Saban-esque, right? Well, now Saban's actually lost to a couple of his uh, students, if you will. Jimbo beat him once, and the last time I checked, Kirby Smart beat him as well for a national championship or to go on to win a national championship. That was actually four. 
the national championship. All right, Tennessee, L.A. It was, right? Was that the game last year? Was it Georgia-Alabama? They, they play each other so much, I forget. Didn't they lose in the SEC championship game? Yeah, Georgia lost in the SEC title, won in the national title. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Tennessee at LAC. I'm going against Tennessee. Give me the Chargers minus three. I'm going to take Cincinnati on the road in Tampa. I think the Bucks are done. I hate to say it, and maybe one more win is enough in that division. We'll see. New York and Washington. I'll take uh, the team out of the District of Columbia minus five. I'm going to take Green Bay minus seven. And right here in Jacksonville, I'm going to take Dallas minus four. There you go. Picks are in. Bet against Blue. You're a fool to bet every game. That's the only reason why we're doing this exercise. You are a fool to bet every game. All right. Back when I bet 10-plus years ago, I would take two or three games out of here. That, that's why... My record is what it is against the picks. Okay, if I was to make, if I was to bet on the games I picked, instead of being one fourteen eighty eight and seven, I would be eighty eight one fourteen and seven. All right, don't bet on all these games. Find two or three that you like if you want to go that in that direction and play. That's the best way to do it. Restraint, people. Have the ability to say you do not like the game. Mike Hollis, he's coming up next. He'll join us live from the Bricks. Great to have you with us along with JJ and Tom Champion. My name's Rick Ballou. Let's go into the night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Yeah, they're playing Stairway to Heaven inside, and there's this uh, very nice young lady here with her boyfriend wearing a Tullamore Dew shirt saying, I love Led Zeppelin, I love Pink Floyd. Just like that, J.J. comes out with Pink Floyd. We are live from the Bricks. I am Rick Blue. We have $3 Millilite drafts. Register to win tickets for the game Sunday. Jaguars, Cowboys, that is where my call is will be coming up on Sunday. How you been, man? It's been a little while. Not too bad, not too bad. Just, uh, you know, plugging away. Yeah, you're busy. You said you spent six hours coaching today? Yeah, I had a bunch of kids today, and um, I had a couple outside and a couple inside, so it wasn't uh, too cold. Now, at, at, at this age, when you're working on kicking, how much of it is strength? How much of it is technique? <clears throat> it's all technique, in my opinion. Okay. Um, the strength is coordination. Um you know, when it, when it comes down to the stuff that I teach, uh, there is a lot of um, uh, coordination that's, that's involved. Um, not, you don't have to be a great athlete to do what I'm teaching. Um, and the thing is that a lot of kickers, uh, you know, and this is what I tell a lot of get, uh, kids. I say, listen, if, if you want to kick the way you're doing it now, um, and most of the times these guys are kicking very aggressively and a lot of stuff that's not really efficient or smooth or, you know, effective really, um, they're using a lot of muscles and a lot of movement to make that kick go, right? And uh, I tell those kids, listen, if you want to kick the way you're doing it now, you're only going to be as good as your athletic ability because that's pretty much how you're kicking the ball, just athletically right now. If you want to add some technique involved and put some technique involved in it, um, you will have to take away a little bit of that athletic ability. In your mind, what you think is athletic ability because it's it's, it's a a difference between kicking it really hard and kicking it athletically. So – uh, I, I teach these kids how to kind of just take away a lot of the stuff that you knew about kicking and try this this way, 
And, you know, a lot of times it's a little scary at first because the ball doesn't go as far, but eventually after a while when you get good at it, the ball goes further than it was when you were actually trying harder. Mm -hmm. As we get to this level now and and you get to the NFL, um, I would assume that you had a pretty good feeling as to what was going on uh, down at the bank, although the wind can shift. But just, you know, kind of put yourself in those shoes right now. You have a game here Sunday, then you know you're going into a very cold setting a week from Thursday in New Jersey at night. You have no idea what the wind's going to be like. Was that half of your preparation, figuring out how the stadium is built, east to west, north to south, or did it all come down to basically just figuring out the wind? Uh, short answer is no, that had nothing to do with my preparation because game days are always different. You never know when the when the wind's coming, where it's coming from. You kind of have an idea right. of where it might be coming from. There's not a lot of consistency with stadiums. The wind's gusting. Um, if you've ever been to a monster truck show or anywhere uh, in a stadium that has smoke, and you can watch the smoke go up, you can watch it go left, you can watch it go right, you can watch it go down and up, and it goes everywhere. So... Uh, one thing that really is kind of a pet peeve of mine is watching kickers walk on the middle of the field, kicking a field goal. Before they kick, they grab a, a, a few blades of grass, they throw it up in the air, seeing where the wind's going. Well, the wind is not going that direction down there at the goalposts. It's going that direction right where they're standing, but it has n- nothing to do with where the wind's going down there. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, it is because, uh, you know, I spent eight years as a sideline reporter. I do it on the golf course yeah. when I get ready to hit a wedge or whatever it is. But I used to do it down there. The wind's blowing this way, blowing that way. So. Well, golf course, much- golf course is a little different because they're wide, they're much more wide open. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, there's trees and stuff, but they're probably a lot more wide open than a big stadium. Big stadiums like you look at uh, uh, in Foxborough, um, they got that open end in the in the the one end zone, which is kind of off to the side. It's really awkward, and it's 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 field level too, which is really weird. I've never seen that before. I never played in a stadium that had field level opening like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, that kind of stuff, like uh, you know, the old Giant Stadium when they opened up the gate and the one oh, yeah. it, it, it did affect it a little bit. I I didn't really notice it a whole lot. But again, as a kicker, you don't really want to pay attention to that a lot. You just you kick a solid ball, and the ball will go. You don't don't worry too much about the wind because you can get caught trying to play the wind way too much. Who's the best place to kick? Anywhere with a dome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, is there is there? That's another question I've always been interested. In. Is there wind? Just because you're inside, you know. Let's take the old Superdome, the old Pontiac, you know, in in Michigan, the old Georgia Dome. Is there wind inside a dome? No, there's no wind inside of a dome. Um, there's air conditioning. That's what I mean. I mean, is there, is there something that can affect a football inside the dome? I don't think so. I mean, if, it, if there's anything, it's going to be somewhat consistent. It's not going to be gusty or swirly or anything like that. So there might be some sort of wind that might affect it, but I don't think there's any kind of wind at all. Clearly, it, it, nothing that will affect a ball at least. Okay. Where's the worst place to kick? Oh, boy. Uh, worst place, um, you know, Chicago was tough because not only two, for two reasons, because, no, well, three, actually. Yeah, on Lake I'll Michigan. Third one. Yeah. On Lake it's Michigan. cold. Yeah. It's uh, windy. Were you on and, the 98 team? Uh, yes. When yeah. it was 100 degrees yes, out there? Yeah. Well, yeah, that, that, was in the, that was in September, right? <laughs> yeah. It was like it was either yeah. the last day of August or it was but September I also, 1st. I also played in the makeup game for the 9-11 issue, okay. right? So right, that, right, we had right. to make up that game. That was that would have been Chicago in September, yep. right, again. Of, of 2001, but we had right? Chicago in January that year, so that was not a fair trade. But um, it was fun, though. Uh, but, yeah, the, the, the grass is, is, is real thick, too. That's the other thing about kicking in Chicago is you got those three variables, especially, you know, the colder weather. you got the yeah. wind and the, and the cold weather and then the deep grass, which the ball does not go very far. 
this team, Mike Hollis, our guest, former Jaguars kicker, joining Rick Ballou. Uh, it's, it's exciting to have relevant football in the month of December around here. Absolutely. I mean, the team's doing well. It's, it's, it's fun. I, I'm going to have a good time on, on, on Sunday. Right, right. Watch the Cowboys come. Yeah. Um, you know, early on, they, in a way, they invented ways to lose. They blew fourth quarter leads. Trevor wasn't playing as well. Always something popped up. Uh, and, you know, I was asked earlier in the week, I, I thought it was a great question. If, if Trevor was playing now the way he played all year, you can make a case that this team would have had at least four more wins. Yeah, you know, and, and every game is a little different. So, uh, you know, you can say, well, you know, he's playing really well. So, you know, he should be doing – there's different th- plays, different things happen during the games that you're not prepared for. And, you know, the, the, the later the season is, the more advanced teams are. Um, with regards to their own athletic abilities and their own, you know, their own plays and schemes and things like that. So, there's a lot of things that uh, that happen on game day that you that you weren't prepared for. But that's you know that that's the separation between good teams and, and, and not so good teams is the fact that they can improvise and adapt to different things that they're not used to seeing and and, and be just fine with it. Last thing I want to ask you about Mike, and and this is something that I I really try, and I don't know if I struggle with it, but I try to explain to the listeners and the fans that it's never going to be like the way they think about it the way that the players and the coaches are because they're all so new and you know we saw this year every week Jacksonville had a streak can't beat an NFC team can't win out in the west coast um you know can't can't win in Tennessee it's always something now that you've are removed from the game and, and you're more of a fan can you identify that side of it? Because what Doug Peterson did last week by showing them that tape about what those Tennessee players have been saying about this city and about this team, I think really had an effect on it as far as their mental preparation. And you're talking about guys, I mean, Arden Key might have been the most outspoken. He's been here for 13 games. And he came out and said, I hate Tennessee because Doug Peterson pushed the right buttons. What are your thoughts on all that about being a player and now being a fan looking at a player well you know looking in from the outside now um it's kind of like more or less you know you're just you're just playing another team and 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 honestly as a kicker inside the game back when i played i was that way as well (laughs) i'm just playing another team you know um, for me personally, I didn't have to prepare for anything. It's funny because Tom Coffin before the game is like, Hollis against Jason Hansen or Hall, you know, whatever, whatever kicker we're playing against. And I'm like, I'm not playing against Jason Hansen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kicking at football. I'm playing against myself, honestly. But, um, but my point is that, you know, you, you, it, it, it's, it's like that movie Any Given Sunday. It really is. Like you're playing a game and you basically are, are, are trying to do the best you can against the team you're playing. Of course, you got to prepare for it. And, you know, for whatever reason, yes, the Titans have had our number for a while, and, and that was an awesome, you know, game and victory and all that. But um, it, it's, it's just a strange thing. I don't, I don't have an answer for it. I really don't have a good answer for it. I'm a kicker, so anyways. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, I love that, though. Uh, you and Hanson, I mean, it, it, you know, Brady, Bledsoe, uh, excuse me, Bledsoe, Brunel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They never play against each other. So <laughs> yeah. at least Coughlin mentioned that with you and the kicker. Hey, it's great to see you. Awesome. Uh, t- Good to see you. Uh, tell us about your, what you do and everything with your, uh, with your teaching. So, you know, moms and dads out there, if they want to get their son and daughter. Yeah, a, a pro form kicking I've had for uh, 17 years now and uh, just train on a private level. I do a lot of virtual coaching now, ever since COVID happened. Virtual coaching. Virtual coaching, yeah. And then the, the <laughs> The thing that separates me from the, kind of the rest that try the virtual thing is my my stuff is so different. So just getting the knowledge 
uh, virtually is enough for these kids to really get good. And, and, and then yeah. I do like live one-on-ones where I'm basically kind of um, – um, looking over their, 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 their form and their technique and kind of a maintenance program as well. But I uh, also wanted to mention this, this weekend's game on Sunday, I'll be hosting the uh, tailgate, game day tailgate experience, uh, tailgate event uh, at, at the stadium there. And it's an awesome, awesome event. Um, they've been doing this a long time. This event, this couple, a couple, company comes in and, and does these uh, events here in Jacksonville and all over the country, does a bunch of different uh, events at games and things like that. But they have an awesome tailgate. Usually we have more visiting fans there than we have actual Jaguar fans because they have a, a nice place to go to, and it's all you can eat, you know, free food, free drinks, all that stuff. Um, and check it out, GTE. You know, um, the Mangler's done a few of those. Yes. And he would always call me. He did one with Kelly Kelly. Yep. He did one with Jenny Dell. Jenny Dell. I'll have Jenny Dell tomorrow or on she, Sunday, yep. She's going to be there. Yeah, Jenny Dell on Sunday, yep. Okay, uh, awesome. Yep. Her and I are hosting it, so it'll be a lot of fun. All right. Great to see you, Mike. Okay. Thanks, man. Good to see you. Mike Hollis, uh, former Jaguars kicker, joining us right here. We are live from the Bricks, and uh, we will be here tonight for another 20 minutes or so. All right. When we do return, uh, JJ and I, we're going to make our selections. Also, we're going to pick a winner uh, for the tickets for the game coming up Sunday between Jacksonville and Dallas. Great to have you with us. I'm with you tonight. My name is Rick Ballou. Till 8, Hacker takes over then. Into the Night with Rick Ballou on 1010XL 92.5 FM. Yeah, I'm looking for some bands out of Dallas, something that would register, not any of that country crap. All right, we're not going to run any of that on Into the Night. Meatloaf is probably number one, uh, the late Meatloaf. Um, what was... Do you remember... His name, Mr. Meatloaf? Yes, Marvin Lee Aday. Okay. Stevie Ray Vaughan, you know, I heard he's been gone like 25 years. Yeah, I think it was the late 80s, 89 maybe. Unbelievable. And uh, Vanilla Ice. Robbie Van Winkle. Who I. Uh, from Richardson, Texas, a suburb of Dallas. I met, I met after playing golf probably four or five years ago down in South Florida. He, he calls South Florida home now. Uh, vanilla Ice and uh, uh, Dusty Hill, ZZ Top, who uh, who died as well about a uh, probably what a year year and I a think half last ago. Last year, yeah, bassist uh, for ZZ Top, one of the great three man bands of all time. I'm a little bit surprised they they actually don't have more, but I'm sure they got a lot of uh, they got a lot they got some pop like Demi Lovato and stuff like that, which I'm not. You know, big on that type of stuff either. Meatloaf was a great actor too. He was. He was in a lot of movies. Yeah. He he did Fight he club. did a great job in uh, Black Dog with Patrick Swayze and Randy Travis. Is that the one where he's got like no nose? That's where they're truckers. What's the one where he's got like no nose and it's like based out of Louisiana? They're like transporting some drugs or something, and um, I I'm gonna have to look it up. Uh, we're running out of time, though, aren't we there, uh, JJ? We have about five minutes left. Yeah, about. We need to get to our picks. Why don't we do that right now? Baloo and JJ on the season. The truth teller at 90 and 56. JJ at 84 and 62. Ah. 
Are we getting at the point yet? Will you want me to go first? <laughs> no, man. Let's do it as fair as we can possibly right. do it. I have two college games and then eight in the NFL. Okay. Louisville and Cincinnati. Um, Malik Cunningham is not going to play, so I will take Cincinnati. Oh, my gosh. I thought he was going to play. Um, I'll, go, I'll go Louisville. I'll go Louisville just to get a game on you. Uh, three quarterbacks that I – you know, ready to aren't playing Malik Cunningham at Louisville, uh, Will Levis at Kentucky, and obviously Anthony Richardson at Florida. Let's get to Florida. Florida, Oregon State, you are up. I'm going to take Florida, actually. I know everyone thinks Oregon State's going to blow them out, uh, but I think Florida's just bigger, faster, stronger, both sides of the line. I think they're going to run the ball about a 1,000 times. I like the Gators. You take and you drop them in a pond. You drop a Gator. And a beaver? Mm. I'm taking a beaver 99 <laughs> out of 100 times, okay, to just wail all over that gator. Give me Oregon State. We get to the National Football League. Here we go. What a tough week. Man, are there a lot of injuries, mm -hmm. including a quarterback. Uh, Colts at Vikings. I will take Minnesota. Uh, yeah, I like the Vikings pretty easily after uh, a, a tough loss last week. You are up. Baltimore at Cleveland. I guess Lamar's not playing uh, because of that. I'll go, and I'll say Deshaun gets his first win with the Browns. I'm going to go against you there. I'm going to take Baltimore on the road. I am up. Miami at Buffalo. Really looking forward to watching this game tomorrow night. I will take Buffalo at home. Yeah, I agree. By the way, it's supposed to be very cold. <laughs> I avoided that. Uh, we went to Buffalo twice, um, and it, it, it was – it was manageable. Uh, it, it, it wasn't brutal the way it's going to be uh, tomorrow night, uh, at least twice. Might have been more. Uh, Tennessee at L.A., that being the Chargers, you are up. Chargers big. Yep, I'm taking L.A. as well. Philly God, Philly Rooster taking Tennessee plus three. Listen, that three point, the spread just being three makes me think something's up. Mm. Like you would expect it to be a lot more than that. Yep, yep. Um, Cincinnati at Tampa. I, I got to play the Bengals here. I just, I'm trying to figure out what's going on with the Bucs. I, I, I obviously want to see them win that. I mean, who wouldn't want the Bucs to go when you have Atlanta, New Orleans, and Carolina? Yeah. I mean, one more opportunity for Brady. Even though if they do make it, you kind of get the feeling that they could be a one and done. Although if they win the division, that's the only way they're getting in, they would uh, end up hosting. Who do you like in this game? I like the Bengals. I think they're faster and younger. All right, you are up. It is the Giants in the District of Columbia. I actually like the Giants to win this one. I know they've been struggling a lot lately, but I, I don't trust Washington. Impressive. Okay, interesting. Arizona at well, Denver. Oh, I'm sorry. I circled Washington. Okay. All right. Arizona in Denver again. Colt McCoy, Whoa. Brett Ripien. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take Brett Ripien at home to hold surf. I actually think that Colt McCoy. He didn't look great last game when he had to come in mop up duty, but he usually is a semi decent backup quarterback. Based on that alone, I will go with Arizona. All right. JJ takes Arizona, and finally, Dallas and. Jacksonville, you are up. 
I would love for the Jags to win, honestly. Uh, I don't think it's going to happen. I like Dallas. Yeah, unfortunately, I do as well. I'm going to take Dallas uh, to win this game over Jacksonville. And, you know, we hope we're wrong. But um, we'll see. So there you go. We, uh, I'll take Cincinnati tomorrow. Louisville will go with, uh, with J.J. Uh, J.J. likes the Gators. I'm I taking do. the Beavers. Uh, the NFL, we both like Minnesota over Indianapolis. I'll take Baltimore on the road in Cleveland. Uh, JJ's going to take the Browns. We both like Buffalo tomorrow night against Miami. Uh, we both like the Chargers Sunday against Tennessee. We both like Cincinnati and Tampa. JJ likes the Giants. I'll take the hometown uh, Washington club. Arizona, uh, JJ is going to take. I'll take Denver at home, and we both like Dallas. So that is it. Let's um, pick a winner. We'll actually do that off air. I got your number, right? You put your number in there. We've had a ton of people register for these tickets. Hey, what a blast it's been. Thank you to Miller Lite. What a great time out here at the Bricks. Get out here at least once a year for a show, and it's it, it never disappoints. Uh, thank you to Mike Hollis, Thank you to the Philly Rooster. Thank you to RJ Ochoa joining us live from Dallas. For Tommy Champion and JJ, my name is Rick Ballou. I will see you at the bank Sunday, Jaguars, Cowboys, and talk with you next Monday at 6 o'clock.